Welcome back to Writing the Narrative with Jake and Eddie. I'm Jake. And I'm Eddie. And today we have, I don't know, what are we doing today, Eddie? You're the one who's, uh, usually I pick out the topics, but today Eddie's feeling a little more dominant and he wants to pick out the topics. Eddie, what is our topic today? Personality growth. Whoa, so not personalities part four, people. We're not milking that uh, jar again. A lot of the stuff is going to link over, though. So if you haven't watched parts one through three, um, go do that. They're pretty good. But besides that, um, we're going to talk about personality growth today. What uh, what involves personality growth, Eddie? So first, we're going to look at all four sides of the mind and then pinpoint where specifically we need to grow in order to become more efficient, better individuals. Okay, so changing for better, can you change for the worse? Yeah, definitely. I mean... It's kind of hard to be able to look at yourself and be like, what is what is the worst way to, like, you know, be a good person, you know? I understand, but, yeah. I got it. I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. But uh, normally when you know what to look for, you're able to actually start building a pathway in order to become a better person so you're gonna try and help some people out today yeah the plan yeah that's pretty much look at them as as a whole and you're gonna give them like a how-to guide and how to improve yourself well it's more like instead of looking at them as a whole it's more analyzing someone okay so i'm gonna use you as an example and we're essentially going to analyze you sure what i mean by that is breaking you down into pieces and then pinpointing those specific pieces one at a time. Okay, am I we're using me as an example? Yes. So let's let's break me down. Let's get broken. Okay. Like Legos. So Jacob's personality type like we've talked about before is ENTJ. And so his first function, his hero function is extroverted thinking. So Normally, the hero function, it doesn't necessarily need development because it's it's the hero. Right, it's right? the number one. It's what you're best at. Yeah, but the problem is when you use it too much. And so sometimes, well, I don't think you use it too much, so you're pretty good at this. Okay. But... Uh, maybe you do. What? You can't make up your mind here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm kind of thinking about this on the spot, so bear with me. Also, if you hear any weird background noises, it's a very chaotic time in my house. I have family coming and going. I have uh, cousins coming and going. I have parents, loved ones coming and going. So any background noises, please just ignore. I'll try and tell them to, you know, shut up. <laughs> so... Because you have extroverted thinking as your dominant function, just a thinking function at the very top, it means that your feeling is very low. Okay. So just all around because of how my brain is structured, it's that because it's towards the top, my thinking function is towards the top, my feeling is just weaker. Yeah. Just because it's just not number one. Exactly. Okay. And... Well, it, it means that because because 
you want to think all the time and not feel like ever, that can become a problem. Kind of like a crutch. You lean on it too much. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, I I essentially do the same thing. But, well, hold up. Maybe we should backtrack here. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. But. It's all right. So you, we have the four sides of the mind, right? We use that analogy in part one of the house. The upstairs is the subconscious. The living room is the ego. The basement is the unconscious. And the deep, dark cave underneath is the super ego. Right. So whenever I say that you are in your subconscious right now or you're in your unconscious or you get put inside your super ego, technically you actually do not go into those sides of your mind. Hmm. You're in your ego the entire time. The difference between the sides of the mind is that your unconscious, subconscious, and superego are where your thoughts come from. Your ego is the thing that decides what to do with those thoughts. Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. Kind of like a filter. Yeah. And, or kind of like the decision maker. Okay. Because the ego is who you are. But that's because it it has built up over time. What it decides is the best thoughts to pick out. Sure. So let's say you have, I don't know, your mom is yelling at you or something. So over time, it has decided on its own what side of the mind to pick out of what to do from. So your subconscious is where your emotions come from. Your unconscious is where your intellect comes from, what you know. And then your superego is where your instincts come from and your, your reflexes, essentially. Nice. And so your ego is the one that decides, okay, emotions, uh, intellect, or instincts, reflexes. And so... Um, the reason why we have the subconscious, the reason why we have emotions, is because, I guess a good way to put it is like, if you're walking down the hallway, right, and I suddenly jump out at you and, you know, go, wow, your first reaction is fear, right? Keeps us alive, sure. Yeah, so... The first thing that happens in any situation is emotion. And then the ego comes in. The subconscious is like, we have this emotion. What do we do, ego? And then the ego is there to decide. Okay, shit. Ego's I... like, ah, oh, shit, here we go again. <laughs> it's like fear instantly. Yeah. And and so the the subconscious enacts fear into you or whatever emotion it wants to uh, enact. But in this case, it, I, I jump out at you. Uh, you're afraid now. Now your ego is like, okay, what do I do? Um, so it goes to the unconscious and says, what's, what's going on here? And the unconscious is like, oh, it's, it's Eddie. You know that guy. And then your ego is like, oh, 
we have nothing to be afraid of. There's no threat. Mm -hmm. There's no actual threat. And so all of these things are happening in a fra in like fractions of seconds. So you get scared and then you're immediately like, oh, it's just Eddie. And then you get another wave of whatever kind of emotion you want. So you could be like angry at me that I scared you. You could be like uh, happy because, you know, oh, good joke, you know, whatever. But that's what happens. And the superego, the reason why we have that is because it's your instincts, right? So whenever you're hungry, superego comes in. It's like, hey, ego, we're hungry. Like, you got to decide how we get food, man. And then it's like, okay, I, I got to go out, get food. Um, the unconscious, it's there for a very easy reason that you can understand. It's the intellect. So everything that you need to decide what is going on here. What is this? Why is this happening? Any question that you need asking, you go into your unconscious and pull it out. And then your ego decides what to do with that information. Okay, so we have a, we have a general map at this point. So we have a general idea of like what the four sides of the mind do. Now are we going to go back to personality growth here? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because so back to what you were saying. Th those were important uh, distinctions to make. How do we how do we grow as humans? How do we get better? Well, we have these cognitive functions, right? Mm -hmm. Depending on your personality type. And so now we need to break down each side of the mind and see how it, it affects you as an individual. And also we're going to be talking about how it affects people on a on a grand scheme. Sure. So your hero function is the apex of the ego. It is the very tippity top of your ego. It's the dominant. It's, yeah. It's the alpha male. It's the decision maker, right? Mm -hmm. So your ego is the decision maker. And so everything that the reason why it decides certain things are based on the four cognitive functions inside your ego. What are the four cognitive functions? Well, for you, it goes in this order. Extroverted thinking, introverted intuition, extroverted sensing, and introverted feeling. Okay. So, because you have extroverted thinking at the very top, that's the most dominant. That's what decides everything pretty much at first. So when you going into any uh, particular situation, you will be like, okay, I need structure. I need a plan. I need um, I need to know the input. Uh, extroverted thinking is a lot about input. So it's not necessarily about the process or the output even. You just need to take everything in. That's what you try and do into every situation. That's the, that's the best thing for me. Yeah. Take on all and take in the world. Look around and absorb information. Okay. And so that's first the the very decision makers that you 
you really want the the structure you need to lay out a plan um and that's normally how you go through everything and so but you shouldn't necessarily rely on that too much because whenever you don't have a plan since you're so used to being structured mm-hmm. then it can create lots of chaos because you're very uncomfortable so sometimes it's good to not have a plan so so i should i should sometimes just like free float through life yeah just go with my emotions whatever feels right the hero function is so developed that it doesn't need developing it actually needs to be kind of sideswiped sometimes. Or like just relaxed a little bit. Yeah. Not like, put it in overdrive 24-7. Exactly. Sometimes the hero function needs to take a break. Right. You know? The hero can't just go out saving everybody all the time 24-7. The hero needs to sleep. The hero needs to eat. You know, it, it doesn't need to be the main function all the time. And we'll talk about how you can kind of switch functions. Your second function is the parent function. And the reason why it's called the parent function is because it's where a person's responsibility lies. And so your responsible function is introverted intuition. That are, uh, that's um, your wants, your intentions, your decisions. Um, it, it's also recognizing patterns. Um, but the main thing is decisions and what you want. So going into any decision that you make, you're like, what's the most responsible, reasonable, logical decision that I can make right now? I'm, I'm looking at them and based on my experience and what I know, what should I do here and what will affect my future? What's the best for my future? What do you, yeah, so my main thing, my main, I think first, right? I'm just trying to wrap my head around all this. So the first thing I do for hero function is think. And then my second function, I what? I You decide what you want. And the best way to accomplish that? Yes. Well, it, through not, thinking? Not necessarily the best way, the most responsible way. Of accomplishing whatever I want. Yes. And that requires thinking. Okay. Yeah. So how do I, is there, is that need development? It, it's that lacking development? I don't know. Well, because like you said, the hero is, is too developed sometimes. So it just needs to break. But for the second function, is it just something that it's perfect? Just, you know. Well, so the second function, the parent function is a pessimistic function. The hero is optimistic, right? That's why it's called the hero function. It is the the savior. But the hero function, because it is so optimistic, it can have a lot of pride to it, right? You're like, oh, I'm so good at thinking. I'm so good at taking in all these things. I'm so good at this. You know, like the hero function is very prideful in because it is optimistic. The parent function is pessimistic. So that means that it just cares about responsibility and it wants to essentially protect itself. And it wants to protect all the other functions around it. So 
Above it, you have the hero function. The parent is there to essentially scold the hero function. It's like you can't go around doing this all the time. You have to, you have to sleep. You have to eat. And so uh, this is just an analogy, by the way. It's, it, it, your, your parent function isn't actually telling your, your hero function these things. But so your parent function is there to be the responsible one in your ego. And so your parent function, because it is about your future, what you want, your intentions, you can only, you, sometimes you can only care about your decisions and what you want over other people's wants and what their decisions are. And the reason why is because it's a pessimistic function. It it feels the need that it has to, to be responsible. It, it takes on that parent role, almost. Yeah. It's, it's literally a parent. You need that counterbalance between the hero and, like, um, the parent function. Because if you, if you let your hero... So maybe develop it a bit more if your hero function's, like, really too out of control. Yeah. So if your hero function's way out of control... Then like maybe develop your parent function just a little bit more. If your hero function is starting to like second guess itself, maybe tone back on your parent function. Your parent function is actually, at least in your adolescent years, in your teenage years, it's the one that is used probably the least. The out least? Of, out of your four uh, cognitive functions inside of your ego. Why is that? Because we make bad decisions as a teenager or what? Are we too confident, too cocky? No, it's because it's a pessimistic function. So as a as a child and as a teenager, you kind of just want to be optimistic, right? About everything. Yeah, about everything. And so you use the two optimistic functions inside of your ego the most in your teenage years, which are the hero function and the child function. And so because you want to essentially they're both optimistic and so they can kind of push out the parent function even though the child function is lower awareness than the parent function so you're better at your parent function but you put it aside ignoring it or what do you mean by putting it to the side describe putting it to the side it's like you don't use it as much. Okay, so ignore it. Essentially, yes. Ignore it. Okay. And, well, that can be a bad thing, right? Because... It's super bad. Yeah. Especially for you, because if you ignored your parent function, you would just not know what you wanted. You would not be able to tell what your future is like. You wouldn't be able to you know, figure out what you want. That would but, suck, being super indecisive. Yeah, especially because it's your second most aware function. So you, at this point, you always know what you want. Oh, God. I feel like I do a pretty good job of knowing what I want most yeah. of the time. So I'm pretty balanced in that department. And I, I, I don't think that you... You have a problem with your parent function. 
Or are, we, are we diagnosing my problems? Well, we're using you as an example. Oh. I, I definitely know of a problem that I will be going into great depth. Oh, boy. I'm so excited. I know. But everybody has a problem with their inferior function, so... Okay. Um, But, so, you just need to look out for if you are only doing what you want and not what other people want. Is that how you know the parent is too dominant at well, that time? that's how you know your parent is too dominant. Right, my every, parent. Every, um... Every parent is different. Yeah. Okay. But just for me, make sure, like, just, you know, watch out for other people's emotions can't always do what i want i do catch myself doing that sometimes occasionally it gets bad um people are like i want to let's go watch this movie and i'll be like i already saw that movie no (laughs) (laughs) or other personalities were like just want to fit in so like oh my god i've already watched that movie five times let's do it again (laughs) it's like i would never do that again um unless it's with friends then that's cool and chill but I i wouldn't watch a movie more than once that that would be someone who is high in extroverted intuition, mm-hmm. uh, like me. They would rather do what other people want and have other people make the decisions than have themselves make the decisions. Um, What's next on that list? The child function, your well, second. Optimism. What's my child function? Function extroverted sensing. So, your your child function. We already talked about this before, but your child function is essentially where your innocence is. It's what you want. And what you want to do is give people good experiences. Wow. And this is different from making other people feel happy. I should... Clarify? Clarify, yeah. Because if you have extroverted feeling as your child function, then you want others to feel happy but extroverted sensing is more about fun than happy it's it's kind of a it's a weird mix it yeah it's a it's a little bit different so extroverted sensing if it's in your child function you'd be more inclined to be like hey i want to do this thing with you rather than i i want to compliment you all the time because that's something that someone would do if they have extroverted feeling in their child function because they would want them to feel happy. They would compliment them. They would, you know, do that. You aren't very keen on complimenting to as much. But you're more like, I want to show you a good time. I want you to, like, try this food out. I want you to watch this movie. Right. I want, yeah. And so you can sometimes get blinded by this because it is an optimistic function. So you want to do it all the time. And... Like I said before, with how you're a teenager, and so you use your hero function and your child function the most at this moment in your life. And that can be kind of a bad thing for you because your child function is probably one of the most vulnerable areas because someone could take advantage of you being so generous generous yeah you know ENTJs they're seen as they kind of get shit on a lot because <laughs> they're so direct most of the time mm-hmm. that they can be seen as assholes um but they're actually like 
one of, if not the most generous personality type in the end. And that can definitely be taken advantage of. Uh, and because you're so optimistic about this, you can be blinded by it. You cannot see that you're being taken advantage of with it. Oh, that's unfortunate. Well, so you got to watch out for people? Essentially, yeah. I mean, that's not saying don't trust anyone. It's just saying that you can be, be cautious. Man- manipulated? Yeah. So I can... So what people can do to me is like they can come up to me and they can say they're having a bad time or a bad experience and I and they expect me to kind of you know give into that and give them stuff. Yeah. Even though they're not, you know, they're just trying to get stuff out of me. Mhm. Okay. Just watch out for that. I got it. Yeah. I can do that. So and that's that's growth. It Yeah, that's growth. And and so is there uh, is is that the child function? Does that need to be lessened, greatened, or or what? It needs to be held responsible because you want to – there's a reason why these are all called the way that they are. So the child function, you need to teach it. You need to be like, hey, watch out for this. Watch out for that. You can't do this. Do this, not, not that. It's like you're always getting it ready for the real world, like a yeah. parent. Okay. So your parent function complements your child function. That's why they're the parent and the child. And so they're actually linked um, in that way. They have a, a called a cognitive orbit. So the, um, the parent function is linked with the child function. They get developed at the same time. So when you, when you develop your parent, uh, your, your child function, you develop your parent function. That's why your parent function gets developed last in your um, in your mind, because first, when you're a child, uh, when when you're an infant, I should say, your hero function gets uh, developed first, and then immediately after that, your inferior function. Immediately after. Immediate because those are in cognitive orbit with each other. If you have one, you have the other. And so then your child function, these are the two optimistic functions, right? Mm-hmm. So your your hero gets um, your hero gets developed and as a consequence, your pessimistic inferior function gets developed. Well, you need that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. you need it. it. It's a balance, right? Yang yang and yang. Yeah. So you have an optimistic function that gets born, and then at the immediate same time, the pessimistic comes in. And then your child function gets born, and then your parent function comes in. Immediately after. Immediately after. So your parent is the last to come in. And that's why, especially here in America, um, people's parent functions, their responsible function is actually probably the least developed from where it should be. Wow. And so back to what I was saying before, your parent function needs to be developed enough to take care of your child function. So yours is knowing what you want, or at least your parent function. So your parent function is knowing what you want, your future, um... Uh, your intentions and so 
your mind basically has to be able to say, like, your child will be like, okay, I want to give this person a good experience. And then your parent function will come in. Is that what I want, though? And But that is what I want. Right? It, it depends because... Is it more if, like, instead of saying that's what I want, it, would a better word choice be like, is that possible? Is that reasonable kind of thing? Is that the responsible thing yeah. to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. We're on the same page now. Yeah. So is that like... Because, because it, it has to be the responsible one. Right. right. Like, can we can we give them a good experience, but like not spend an insane amount of money kind of thing? Yeah. Not... Because I want to give them a good experience, but I also don't want to spend that much money. Right. And so that's why your parent function is there to keep a hold of the child and be like, hey, I get that you want to do this, but you have to be responsible about it. You have to look out for this. You have to do this. Do it in a certain order, kind of budget it out and think, you know, do I have the money to afford that? Yeah. Okay. So what's what's next on this list? This is the problem for everyone. This is what I'm probably going to talk about this one for a while. This is the inferior function. This is the gateway into the subconscious. So you have to get through the inferior function to be able to get into your inside of your subconscious. Hmm. So your inferior function is introverted feeling. Your inferior function is what you're afraid of, um, your biggest insecurity, right? Um, because it's introverted feeling for you, that means you worry about your morals. You worry about um, being a bad person. You worry about everything being your fault, essentially. that That's the grand thing, is that everything's your fault because you're a bad person. I've gotten way better at this one. Um, That's the thing that... I wanted to talk about was that I don't think you have. What? Yeah. What do you mean? So there's a thing called pride. And <laughs> thanks Eddie. I didn't know what pride was. Yeah. Yeah, but um it it's different from being proud. Proud and pride are two separate things. That's why they're two different um words. And so it's good to be proud of what you've done, but pride is bad. Um, and I think you may be one of the most prideful people I know. Prideful? Yes. Just in case for those, you know, those listening at home, what, what is prideful? Just, just a brief. Prideful is essentially looking at your accomplishments or... I guess that's the best way to put it. Looking at your accomplishments and being like grandiose about it, being like, "Hey, look at this! Look at what I have done!" Right? You know? Okay. So I'm too prideful, but I'm one of the most prideful. Wait, wait, no. What was your words? I'm one of the most prideful people you have ever met. Yes, okay. that I know. Uh, and the reason why is because your your inferior function. Um, it makes it so that you're you have an insecurity of everything being your fault. And so pride covers that up for you. 
this is a problem that everybody has, but I'm just giving it as an example of Jacob. And so what your pride comes in, it's to make you feel better about yourself. And so it, it essentially makes it so that you think that nothing is your fault. You think it's everyone else's fault. Um, I'm going to be talking about the demon function much later down the road, but the inferior function sometimes gets help from the demon function. They're in cognitive orbit with each other. And so your your inferior function, it it asks for help from the demon function. And that's where pride comes from, is where pride just covers up insecurity. If your insecurities are left unchecked, then pride will come in and cover it up, essentially. And so what you can do, I've seen this especially with uh, your interactions with your mom in working with her in the kitchen, is that someone will tell you what you have done wrong, and then you feel bad, but then immediately after feeling bad, you cover that up and be like, I've done nothing wrong. It's <laughs> you that's the problem. It's your fault. Why are you acting like this? Why are you treating me this way when I'm such a good person? I've done nothing wrong. Okay. Can you see where you've done that before? I, I can definitely see where I've done that before. I also just get mad. Uh, there's just certain ways that people tell me to do things, and maybe I'm just being picky, but like just the certain ways that people like yell at me after I mess up. It mm-hmm. kind of just sets me off like bad. Um, it, it's just something about tone. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's tone or if it's it's not always just a bad thing. It's maybe just how I interpret it. It probably is how I interpret it. But if you if you tell me if you correct me in a way that like it's my first time making the mistake and I'm not going to do anything about it. Well, I'm going to, if it's my first time making a mistake, right. And I'm just going to change it right away. Mm-hmm. And like, you're yelling at me over it, especially with something that I like don't have time to fix. Or if I don't have time to do whatever, and you're like yelling, isn't going to change that. Mm-hmm. And that really sets me off. And it's not even like if you yell at me four or five times, it, it could just be like the first time you yell at me for something and you're really yelling at me because I messed up. It's just, it's unnecessary. It's kind of my it- defense mechanism. It could be unnecessary, but it could also get the point across that you have done something wrong. I mean, I get that, you know, like, negative emotions are sometimes warranted, you know? You need negative emotions. Yeah. And so, while it may, like, suck, you won't forget it as much as if you were just told, Hey, Jake, could you, like, not do that? Could you like do this instead? Like, I, I get that it was a mistake, but you know, <laughs> yeah, kind of whispering it to me. Mm-hmm. That's understandable. And so that that's actually a great example of pride being set in, is because the more insecure you feel about being a bad person, the stronger the emotion of pride comes in. So the more you feel like a bad person, the more you want to tell yourself. I have done nothing wrong. It's their fault. It's their fault that they're yelling at me. 
Why would they yell at me when I'm such a good person? I've done nothing wrong. Oh, it was shoot. my first time doing it. I've fallen it. in your trap, haven't I? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I understand that. I'll work towards that. I'll get better at it as time goes. And so what's important to note about the inferior function is it's still that gateway into your subconscious. And what we talked about before was your subconscious is where your emotions come from. And so your inferior function, it can actually turn into the aspirational function. So what leads to your biggest insecurity and your biggest fear is also what leads to your greatest happiness. And so for you, that would be feeling like a good person. And so there are, there are two ways then that you can enter your subconscious, your, your emotional aspect. It's either through fear and insecurity or through being proud of what I've of, done. of like who you are or what you've done and being happy. How do it. I do that? How do how do you how do you become happy um through fear? No, th those are those are the two ways. So it's either you go into your subconscious through happiness or you go into your subconscious through fear and insecurity. How about instead of going into there's two different paths? Sure. There there are two different tunnels that you can enter into your subconscious. One is the big wide tunnel and that's the insecurity and fear right it's the easiest to go down it's the it's the fastest route right mm -hmm. but then you also got this small narrow tunnel that you gotta like kind of fit into kind of like maybe shuffle down oh, it's a into. lot of work it's, it's a pain a in the ass to use that tunnel but it, it it's also a lot slower too right mm -hmm. but it's what leads to your happiness. The small, narrow tunnel is your is your happiness route. While it may be slower, it's the better way. And then you have the big, wide tunnel. That's the faster route that leads to your insecurity and fears. Sure. And so it, you can use your inferior function as the inferior function kind of like in in the analogy of the family the infant son right um you can either use it as as being afraid or you can use it as being happy there's options yeah and obviously you should use it as the aspirational function even though it takes more time it takes longer so how do I personally enter that um, happy place? Well, not not a happy place. The the feeling through happiness instead of fear and anger. To go, how do you choose the narrow tunnel right. instead of the wide? How tunnel? do you? How do I personally make that choice? Well, for you, you have to be able to note that no one owes you anything. So your inferior function. When you um, when it needs to feel better about itself, it gets help from your demon function, and your demon comes in, and is like, 
yes, you've you've done nothing wrong. But that's only because you feel like you have the need to bring it in. And so what you have to do is realize that no one owes you anything. So as an example, um, someone will, will come in and be like, hey, you've done this thing wrong. Why should they, you know, be nice to you in that way? Like, why should anyone do anything for you? Saying humble? Yeah. Okay. It, it, that's really the, the key to using your, um, to going down the narrow path, the happy path, is having a bit of humility in your life. Owning up to your mistakes? It, it's like what you should do in every situation is ask yourself the question, should I really feel bad about this thing? If so, why? That first question answer, uh, it can be used either way. When you're giving into your insecurity and you're thinking everything is your fault, you can ask, should I be feeling this way? When you are feeling like it's not your fault, you can again ask, should I be feeling this way? And that's called emotional awareness. Because you have a feeling function in your as your inferior function, that means that you need more emotional awareness. And so you have to use your thinking function to be able to answer what's going on, you know. So instead of like having just a knee-jerk reaction, taking a step back and think about choices in life. Yeah, detach yeah. yourself from your emotion and look at it. Which is what I'm good at already. Yeah. Thinking logically and thinking through things. But because I'm not good at emotionally thinking, you know, it, it, it it's rough for me when I go through the emotional standpoint. When your your inferior function, it what it what happens is when you go down that uh, wide tunnel, right? You enter into your subconscious, and it starts working as fear. We're in fear mode. We're in insecure right. mode, and so your your reactions are no longer thinking. It's all feeling. And so then you also have your thinking at the very bottom as the new inferior function, essentially. And so that means that whenever you are either happy or you are feeling insecure or fearful, you are no longer the logical rational person you normally are because once you enter the tunnel you just want to get through the tunnel you kind of just want to like race your way to the other side get it over with when yeah. really you can go backwards in the tunnel in a way in a way yeah but i mean once you go inside of your subconscious your inferior function is the top function so once you are inside of your subconscious there then you are no longer thinking rationally or logically. That is just who I am. That, yeah, that's who you are now. And then you can go back inside of your ego 
and then you're thinking rationally again. So just think about my decisions. It's, again, it's those questions going into every single emotion that you have. Should I be feeling this way? If so, why? You asking yourself, should I be feeling this way? Will answer any emotion that you have, whether it's fear or happiness or uh, being prideful. And then the second question, if so, why, is to answer with your uh, rational thinking, why, why am I doing this? Why, like, I have this emotion, whether I should be feeling it or not, why should I be feeling this? Should I be freaking out like this? Yeah. Okay. I can do that. I can definitely do that more often. Mm-hmm. What's next on this train of pain? Your nemesis function. Ooh, my arch nemesis. So it's the opposite of the hero? Yes. So what's my hero? Um, uh, Thinking? Extroverted thinking. So introverted thinking. Yes. Your okay. Ne- your nemesis is intro- introverted thinking. My nemesis, my arch nemesis. Is it a problem? Is it a big problem for me? I'd say so, yeah. Okay. So your hero function, you rely on it too much in the fact that you only want the input. Introverted thinking is about the process, right? And so you you battle against that. Um, you're really good at inputting things, but you're really bad at getting through the process and also outputting that. So what that means is that because you only want to input things, you will take something like, let's say, math, for example. You go into a math test. You're like, okay, this is what it is. I know what it is. What do I do? That's why you ask so many questions is because introverted thinking is in your nemesis position. And it's hard for you to do the process. Yeah. I don't like doing the process. And so... It's annoying. (laughs) It's so much easier to just ask. In a way, yes, but also um, introverted thinking is also about fact-checking, right? So because it's the process, you can kind of think of it as like the scientific method, right? So it goes through these certain steps of identifying if something is true or false. And so you worry about whether what you're talking about is is factually true or not. Right. And so that's a problem because you're getting all your information from other people, right? Yeah, I get a lot of my information from others. And so you ask all these questions, you get the answers, and then once you have the answers, you then worry about being wrong with those answers. And so your nemesis function you have to develop it even further. So you have to essentially be there to fact check and go through that process. I have to I have to fact check my own thoughts. Yes. Hmm. 
Because do you think I've gotten better at any of these so far that you've listed? You've known me for a while. I think you've probably you've probably gotten better at the child function. Okay. You know, before I didn't really see you much as a person who wanted to give people good experiences, but now I can like actually I don't know whether or not it's because I I know this now or <laughs> because you've been doing it more often. I think I think but, you've just gotten to know me better. And I think I do the whole good experience thing for people that I'm closer and respect more. Yeah, probably. I, I, I think you use your child function wisely. Thank you. No. I don't think you really like try and give anybody good experiences that are actually bad people except for one person that, <laughs> that you uh had confrontation towards confrontation towards a couple days ago yeah ah uh, gotta love family mm -hmm. and so uh that can be another thing that leads to a lot of your insecurity is that um your child function gets attacked right so if you're like, hey, here's this good experience, and they're like, actually, I don't want that. Sorry, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> that hurts. Yeah, that exactly. Hurts because you're so optimistic about it. You're like, I think that you would have a really good time doing this, and they're like, no. And you're sitting there, and you're like, well, but, but why? You know, it's like taking candy from the child, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and. It's then you you go on and into your inferior function, and that invokes a an emotional reaction into insecurity. And we already learned how emotions go with my personality type. It doesn't end very well. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I think that getting blinded by the child function is probably your biggest concern. Is that my hardest hitter? No. What hits me the hardest? What would make someone like absolutely like get on your bad side is if they called you selfish, a bad person, especially selfish. Because you want to give people these good experiences, right? Your child's like, ooh, I want to I wanna show you this. I want to give you that. But, and, and your inferior function is is so worried about being a bad person that when someone calls you selfish, your pride immediately kicks in as like, but all I've ever wanted to do was give you a good experience. I'm such a good person for wanting to give you these good experiences. Why are you treating me like this? And so that's what can make you hate people the most. Is, hate people. Is like them calling you either selfish or calling you a bad person or you know basically giving you any criticism at all sets me off sets you off yikes I'm, I'm temperamental i mean i'm a hothead my uh my inferior function is a feeling function as well so <laughs> you can't feel loser what a loser alert. You got a certified loser over here. Yep. You and I are both 
too high of thinkers. I know we're too we're too smart for the rest of this world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's my pride. Uh, um, what's what's next on the list? What do well, we have? What's moving? I, on? I'm still oh. talking about the nemesis. Oh, keep going, please. Okay, so we we were talking about how you need to do more of the process, do more of the um, more fact checking, and the way that you fact check. Even if you don't think that you are correct, you need to go through it yourself. Uh, is that something I do or something I need to do? Something that you need to do. Okay. Because I'm about to say I've never fact checked like <laughs> when I when I turn it into like a test or I'm finished with like a problem on the test. I have I don't think I've ever ever double checked a problem. Mm-hmm. I just turn it in full send. And that's the reason why fact checking is so important for you. And. You need to go through the process even if you think that the way that you are doing it is wrong. So if if you're looking at a math problem and you're like, okay, I'm going to go through this process. I don't know any other way, and I think that this way that I'm doing it is wrong, but I still need to do it. And sometimes you'll actually be right. Like I, um, I help a certain ENTJ with math and um so I'll be like teaching her things and she'll be like oh I actually thought that it was going to be this way and lo and behold she's actually right (laughs) so that's rare for an ENTJ yeah and so you know it sometimes it won't be that often because you've You've pushed off doing the process for so long. You aren't that good at it yet. But even if you think that it's wrong, it could be right. There's a possibility. Yeah. And so it's that other opinion that you need to bring in. Because you can you can take your own process that you've done, even if you think it's wrong, and then ask more questions. Hey, what, what about this way? But to your mind, to yourself. Yeah. And it opens up possibilities for you. And that's even more of the process. So that's even more fact-checking as well. And so this is the reason why it complements your hero, actually, is because your hero is inputting all these things. It's taking everything from the exterior world, extroverted, and taking it in. And so your, your nemesis is the process, right? And your nemesis and your hero actually complement each other. And, you know, because the hero can't be a hero without saving the day. Of course. So the classic, the hero needs the nemesis function in order to be a hero. The nemesis needs the, the hero function in order for it to be a nemesis, right? It's not the villain. It's just, the guy who goes against the hero. And so they may clash, but they complement each other. They need each other. And so with your input, you're so good at inputting everything into your brain, you need that process. You need that fact-checking now. You need to, you need to be able to distinguish, distinguish by yourself or through others. It doesn't necessarily actually matter 
what's true and what's false. So sometimes what you can do is because you don't fact check things that often you can you can ask someone something and then get an answer and then just roll with it. That's only one opinion. You have not done any fact checking. <laughs> so you need to get multiple opinions. You need to actually take your hero function and be like, okay, I'm good at inputting. I already know I'm good at finding things. I need to go find a whole bunch of things, not just take this one thing and roll with it. I need to be able to look at everything and then use my nemesis to fight out which one is the is the wrong one. This is going to sound corny, but um, I'm a sucker for knowledge. So yeah, I can't even count the number of times someone has just randomly out of the blue said something and I just absorb that information and then I'll randomly like spit it back out later in the day and then someone else will be like, dude, that's so wrong. It's not even funny. <laughs> can you believe that? I bet you can because you told me that's what I do. Yeah. But um, I, I that's going to be... So the whole fact-checking thing, uh, so far out of all the things we've talked about with my problems, I think... The hardest one is going to be the process for me. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking about things from a different standpoint in my own mind without like an exterior input or an exterior, um, you know, Google searching information. Uh, thinking about it in my own mind is is just a really hard thing for me to mm-hmm. do. Uh, when the power of the internet and back to being an ENTJ, so much more efficient to yeah. just look it up on the internet instead of just sitting there and contemplating it. I like I I I do try. I really do. But I find myself sitting here trying to solve a math problem when I'm like why the fuck am I sitting here struggling when I can just look at the answer sheet, right? And and so that's where your parent function actually comes in because your hero function is like, "Oh, I need to find the most efficient, most effective way possible to save the day." And then your parent comes in and is like, is that what you actually should do? So that that speaks to developing my parent function more than anything. Yeah, well, your parent function, you need it to be responsible, right? You need uh, the responsible role of the parent to be able to control the hero. And so you need to simmer down the hero in order for you to be able to see, hey, maybe the nemesis actually is right. Maybe the nemesis has a point, you know, like you're fighting against him all these years and yet he actually has a point. Maybe you should start doing the process. Maybe you should start fact checking. And so your nemesis, just like how the inferior function can change, the nemesis function can change and your nemesis turns into your ally. Hmm. And because they complement each other so well, they work together to fight the exterior threats. That's a beautiful story. Yeah. Is that it for? That, um, we're for, moving on. Yes, we're okay. moving on. All right, let's move on. What are, what are, what are my other problems? The critic function. Mm, what am I critical about? Myself? No, actually, if you're an ex- <laughs> if you're an extroverted uh, personality type, you're critical. Uh, about something exterior um if you're introverted like me you will be critical about something interior i feel like i've gotten better at this 
Uh, you, you don't even know what I'm. I'm gonna n- really. What if I take a guess? Okay. I think I've gotten better at not caring about other people's choices or opinions. That's that's actually almost the the critical. Yeah, get fucked. <laughs> um. So other people's intentions. Oh, all right. Um. Other people's decisions. Um. The world doesn't revolve around me. Is that the lesson here? I'm not done describing this. And also what other people want. So your parent function is always like, I am always responsible with what I want. And then your critic function comes in as like, yeah, he's always like responsible about everything he wants. Therefore, everyone else is irresponsible with what they want. You know, that that's why, like, because you are so responsible with everything that you decide, everything about your future, everything about what you want, you're very critical about what other people, what other people uh, decide or want or what their futures could be. Because you look at your own and what you have decided and you're like, well I've like this is the best way and I know it because I'm being responsible about it I've thought about it I've thought about it being the most efficient way possible and so anybody who kind of sidetracks that or like it doesn't have the same view as you or doesn't go about decisions the same way that you do you're very critical about that so I need to respect people's decisions and opinions. The critic function is actually where you gain wisdom from. So uh, wisdom is different from from other types of learning because wisdom is made through suffering, essentially. Well, it's, it's eye-opening. Yeah. Because and- if I, I'm so close-minded to, you know, thinking that what I'm doing is the best route. I don't think about the other options because, like we talked about earlier, I don't think about the process. I just think about the results. Mm-hmm. So when people say I'm doing this, sometimes I'll be like, that's dumb. But other times I'll be like, I didn't think about it like that. Mm-hmm. That's a really good choice. Maybe I should consider that. Or maybe just keep that in the back of my mind, you know? Yeah. And that that's the way to develop wisdom for you and to develop your critic function because all of these functions can be used in a good way. So the way that you would be able to is your, your default mode is that your decisions are the best and other people's are uh, invalid, invalid, stupid. Yeah. Dumb. And so, what your best way about going to develop this is that you should ask yourself, Hey, do they have a point here? Like, is there something that I'm not seeing that they are? Is there a process that they are doing that I just don't know about because I'm bad at the process? You know, I'm taking everything in and I know what they are doing but do I know the process? Do I know 
really the reason why they are doing it. Because, because you are so critical about other people's intentions, the biggest ENTJ problem is jumping to conclusions about what other people are doing and what other people's intentions are. Right. And so that can be a major problem because it can lead to a lot of misunderstandings. Because you immediately think that someone is doing something bad or that their intentions are something bad when actually they aren't. Oh, sorry. Um, but I could, uh, I don't know. That's a tricky one for me. Because I'm, I'm good at doing that. But at the same time, if I wanted to tone that back and be a, you know, not think of the worst of people. Usually it is, you know, sadly the worst in people that, that I don't know what I'm saying and I don't know what I'm trying to describe. Emotions, emotions and feelings are hard for me as we've learned in this podcast. You're, you're trying to find like a nuance, like the other side to it. So you're saying that over time, what you have found is that it, is the wrong intentions that you have assumed that are right, that your assumptions have been right. Yeah. But, you know, for for the people who are actually, like, trying to help and such, it could be really bad because you push them away doing that. Like, hey, why are you doing this thing? And it's like, actually, I was doing this. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry. And they're like, yeah, don't assume what I'm doing. Like, why would you think that I'm doing this? You're like, well, it just looked like it because you were taking in the input. You know, you knew what you saw. You knew what was going on, but you didn't know why it was going on because you didn't think about the process. Maybe if I just, I can, because I'm never going to be able to stop doing that, right? I'm always going to be able to take in information and be able to, generally guess what's going to happen next but maybe instead of like you know verbally shouting it out or acting it out maybe just wait a little bit yeah that, maybe just keep it to yourself that's probably the best thing to do is wait just a bit longer and ask yourself during that time is this what like you know what's going on why is it going on you need to go through the process of thinking about why why is this happening? You know what's happening, but why is it happening? That's the uh, that's uh, that kind of gives me the best of both worlds. In that way, I can never be surprised if something bad happens. But at the same time, if it's really something good happening, then I don't push it away early by saying something. You know? Yeah. I can not be surprised, but when that person does a bad thing, because then I can just expect it. But I kept it to myself, so I'm not surprised. But you know, if it's something good, I can just you know, get rid of those negative emotions without it spilling over into the physical world. And that's how you gain wisdom from your critic function is that you take every single situation and you ask yourself, why is this going on? And oftentimes you will take more information away from why it's going on than what's actually going on, if that makes sense. Being able to understand the reasoning behind what's happening will push you forward because you will be able to decide then 
what is the best choice for you. It goes back to the parent function, right? You're like, this person is actually being responsible about their decisions. This person is responsible about what they want. Should I be doing about that? If they're responsible with it, I can be responsible with it too. You are no longer closed-minded. So that one's not too bad. Yeah. Definitely not my worst one. And, and if you've noticed this podcast episode compared to other episodes, I'm usually much more flamboyant, loud, talkative, all kinds of things. But um, when it comes to emotions and, and getting into like my insecurities and my, you know, I don't want to say defects, but just stuff I'm bad at, uh, I'm not good. M- most people, I would assume, aren't good, right? Yeah, most people aren't. So I, I'm trying really hard, but like uh, just to sit here and like, you know, talk about all the things I'm bad at, especially for an ENTJ, it's it's pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, so I'm doing a pretty good job. I'm thinking about this logically and how I can improve myself. And in a way, I kind of like it. I like improving myself. It's it's just one of my greater aspects of my personality. Uh, and I, I think a great way to improve yourself is learn what you're bad at. Well, that's actually the best way to improve yourself. Yeah. So trust the process. I'm down. The, the nemesis function is the gateway into your unconscious, right? It's the apex of your unconscious. That's why it's the nemesis. It's the exact opposite of the hero. So everything moving forward is actually going to be used by your nemesis. So that process, introverted thinking. It's a weapon. The, yes. What's next? What's What weapons does the nemesis have? So... Well, we talked about the critic. Right. Next is the trickster function. Mm. The The trickster function is certainly... It's the most interesting, I think. Because while it's technically not the lowest awareness function, it kind of is. Because you don't think about it at all. Yours is introverted sensing. Meaning that the past, memory, um, also duty, and your uh, like, like your job, um, you don't think about it at all, like at all, really. It the trickster function is also about subjectivity. So for you, that means, well, I I could be loyal to anything, really. I, I I could change my loyalty depending on what it is that I want. I don't have to be loyal to anything. Like, why should I? It's about subjectivity. It's, so what is my problem then? I'm confused. Have you You lost me just a little bit. Just a little bit. The trickster function is the only function that cannot be developed really oh nor should it really yeah nor should it or can can't yeah but you know humans this is a reason why you have relationships with people is because the trickster function is your blind spot it is the part of you that just can't really be all that developed yours is memory just really no way that you can fix that. Yeah, I was about to say, I knew this was coming up. We've talked about this in personalities one, two, and three, but I have a horrible memory, and there's not a whole lot you can do about that, and I was really hoping there was something we could talk about here 
to like develop that and you can't you can't develop it however you can get over it so the trickster function what's very important to note about it is that it gives you that humility it lets you understand that there's a part of you that you will never be able to develop and because and, i'm so prideful that's pretty helpful yeah <laughs> and so you have to be able to understand that you actually can't remember anything. You, like, that's the subjectivity of the trickster function is that because it's about memory for you, you're like, oh, I can remember anything when actually you're probably going to forget it. In the moment, you'll be like, oh, I'll remember that. You won't. You won't be able to. <laughs> What's your trickster function? Mine is extroverted sensing, meaning that um, I am the worst with the physical environment. I'm always dropping stuff. Um, sometimes I literally forget that I'm carrying something. I'll just, like, my, my hand will get so relaxed, I'll just drop it. <laughs> That's actually really funny. Yeah, but it, it means I'm really bad at sports. Anything that requir requires hand-to-eye coordination. Um also, extroverted sensing is about other people's experiences. So it's your child function. So you want to give people good experiences because the trickster function is about subjectivity. I'm basically like, well, anybody's experiences could be anything, you know? So that means that I don't know what experience I'm giving off to people. I never know how I look. I'll like see videos of myself and I'm like, really? That's how I look? That's that's crazy, or like that's how I sound. That's that's, <coughs> that's how I smell. That's the first sneeze of the podcast, I think. No, no, the second. Is it still me? Yeah, was it me the first two times? God bless me, by the way. Um, because sorry, I, I I specifically remember the last time, the first time, uh, because you said the exact same thing. That's the first sneeze of the podcast. <laughs> Bad memory, baby. <laughs> ah, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. Continue. Um, yeah, so mine is about, like, I don't know what experience I'm giving to others. I don't know the physical environment at all. Mm -hmm. Out of all the trickster functions, out of all the personality types, which ones do you think? I know it's a bit uh, subjective. Um, because you think yours is probably the worst. But if you had to look at it from a broader standpoint, which one do you think is like the worst to have? Oh, I think mine is probably the best to have actually. Yeah. Because while I may not know what experience I'm given, uh, that I'm giving to other people, I can um, compensate that for my, my child function. And that's why I was actually going to tell you uh, is that while the trickster function cannot be developed. It can be compensated for. Um, so, and, and that's how you develop that humility, that understanding that you are not the shit, <laughs> that there are things that are bad about you and that you need to compensate for, and that's okay. All right. Um, but I think the worst uh, trickster functions are probably... Hmm, Introverted feelings, pretty bad. Extroverted feeling. Uh, basically, if it's a feeling or thinking function, that sucks. <laughs> because it, it's all about subjectivity, right? And it's also about not knowing it. So 
if you have extroverted feeling, that's about harmony. That's about um, uh, like other people's values and beliefs. So you're basically sitting there like anything could be socially acceptable. I don't know what's socially acceptable. Therefore, anything could be. And so that's rough. You just don't know how other people are feeling. You don't know when you're being awkward or weird. Like, you just is is um. I can use his first name as long as we don't use the second. Is Andrew like that? I actually don't know Andrew's personality. Oh, you don't? Okay, because I'm gonna say he does not know if he's acting weird or normal or whatever. He does not know what he's doing. Yeah. Um. He he's one of the only people that I I just can't seem to type. <laughs> um, but it it would be like you're taking a shit in the in the bathroom, right? And then someone comes over and just starts talking to you through the door. It's like, <laughs> what the hell, man? I'm taking a shit. You know? Oh, who is like that? Who is like that? Um, oh, our English teacher, uh, Mr. O. Oh. Uh, he came in. He came into the bathroom. And he was like, I don't know what he was saying. I was washing my hands. It was a, it was a full bathroom because we only have two stalls and like three urinals. It was the smaller bathroom on the first floor. Yeah. And he walks in, and there's no open urinals, and all the stalls are used. And he walks in, and he's like, with his big feet, he's like, clunk, clunk, clunk. We got a full house here, huh, boys? And like, everyone's just looking at him, like, dude, what the fuck? And then he comes over to the urinal, and he. <laughs> He's like so aggressively undoing his belt and pants and it's just zip and then he starts pissing and it's like and then he goes, Oh it's like <laughs> so loud. It's so <laughs> unnecessary. I'm like, dude, you gotta know that's fucking weird. It's a dead silent bathroom. And he's like and he zips back up, he's like washing his hands, and I'm like, I'm baffled. I can't believe he's doing and saying the stuff he's saying. He's like that was a good one. And I'm like, what the fuck? Good what? A good piss? I don't need to fucking know that. But we're not talking about my English teacher. We're not talking about Eddie. We're not talking about the worst personality types. I'm being selfish. We're talking about me. So back on track. Okay. So, yes, your you're introverted sensing, there, there are ways to compensate for it, but you will never be able to have a good memory. And you just essentially have to accept that. Hmm. Just like how I will never be able to be good at having, like, any physical awareness. I I, I have to teach myself what's, like, going on. Left foot over right. Yeah. Or whatever. Vice versa. Um, And so, for you, the way that you compensate for it, you actually do it right now, um, is use your extroverted sensing child. So, extroverted sensing is also about the physical world, right? Correct, eh? And And so you, you want to give people good experiences with your child function, but also you really like to do anything physical. Pretty much, pretty much anything physical, you love it. So that helps for writing stuff down. If, mm. if you do not have lists of, of what you should do, and if you don't have like a writing stuff like writing notes down writing um reminders down then you will forget it you will not know what to do i have a lot of notes in my phone yeah 
then I look back, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Um, but <sighs> homework especially, it's bad. I got to remember that shit, but I don't, so I write it I, down. I know an ENTJ who who uses Google Keep. Do you know what Google, Google yeah, Keep is? I can assume. It's like a note online. Um, It's basically like a checklist. Oh. Yeah. And it really useful for her because she's able to just check it off, check it off, check it off. Because ENTJs, they're really good at doing the work, right? Like, your parent is also about willpower. So, uh, introverted intuition is about willpower. Um, And so, for you, you're really responsible about it. You're like, okay, what should I be doing right now? And whenever you're feeling like you don't want to do something, your parent is instantly like, well, you should do it. So just do it. Um, and that's why you should also develop your parent function is because you you will have the willpower to do anything, essentially. You'll be responsible about whatever you're willing yourself to do. But... Um, you good? Yeah. So... <laughs> it, I had a brain freeze. You need that... I, I think a checklist would be good for you because... Okay. Um, it would be like, it, it's easy to, to see everything that you have both completed and also what you need to do. And you need that memorization. Is that it? Is that everything? No. Now we're going to go on. Oh, to, my demon. I forgot about my yes, demon function. The, the this demon. is the last one though, right? Yes. So this is, this is the apex of evil Jake. Yes. The demon function is the gateway into the superego. Which is the deep, dark, scary place in the house. Yes. So you can, your demon function really only comes out when it feels the need to. Because the demon function, while it may be, it may be the lowest awareness, it's also the strongest function. Out of all of them. Yours is extroverted feeling. Meaning that whenever you're angry, it's like you don't care about how I feel, so I'm no longer going to care about how you feel. And you will also attack their insecurities. So you will, you won't, care at all about how they feel and instead you are going to use how they feel as a weapon against them uh this sounds horrible actually i knew this we talked about this already but how do i fix it felix so your demon function all the gateway functions are which are the inferior function, the nemesis function, and the demon function can be changed into a optimistic function. They're all pessimistic, but they can be changed. The inferior can be turned into aspirational. The nemesis can be turned into the ally. And the demon function can be turned into the angelic function. So... 
your inferior function, it feels like a bad person, right? And so it makes a deal with the demon. And it's going through that that fast route, right? It's like, hey, I'm feeling bad. I need your help. And then it's like, okay, I'll I'll help you. I'll um I'll make you feel like nothing's your fault when you feel like everything is your fault. But I'm gonna yell at this person. I'm gonna uh start getting aggravated and start raising my voice. That's the reason why you like in any situation why you will get agitated is because of the demon. And this can actually be even more of a problem because you'll feel like it's your fault. Then you'll feel like nothing is your fault. And then you'll get aggravated at them, mad at them. And then when you're all calmed down, maybe they left the room or, or something. Maybe they stopped texting you or whatever. And then at, at the end, your inferior function no longer has that pride. And then it's sitting there like, wow, I'm such a bad person. And then we kind of start all over again. Yep. That's a rough cycle. It is. I feel bad for that loser. <laughs> so the pride really only sets in for a short duration of time. Right. And then it goes away. And then all you're left with is the insecurity that you were covering up before. But now you have even more things to be insecure about. It's like drugs. It's a quick fix. Yeah. It's a, it's a quick fix. It's the fastest route, but the worst route. Right? And and so, being able to understand the demon is really what you have to do. So, your demon function, extroverted feeling, it means that you have to see how the other person is feeling. You will pretty much only think about how the other person is feeling um, whenever, like, whenever they actually say it or whenever you, like, see a reaction. But not before the fact. You don't think about how will they feel if I do this? You you will pretty much only do that if you want to um, show them a good experience, right? Yeah. So you'll be like, oh, I want to show them this good experience. I think they'll find it fun. That's pretty much the only time that you anticipate someone's feelings. Other than that, you you really only think about how they will react not necessarily how they'll feel so just one of the best things you can do if i'm reading this right is just be aware that the demon is near or close or coming and not using it yeah don't make a deal with the demon the the inferior function will make a deal with the demon if it feels the need to and that's because it wants to run away from the insecurity. And so you have to face your insecurity. I have to embrace it almost. Yeah. And then the, 
when insecurity is left unchecked, again, I said this before, when it's left unchecked, the demon comes out. The demon comes out because of insecurity. And you have to be able to understand your own insecurity and understand how you're feeling in order to push away the demon and say, no, I don't need your deal. I know that what you're going to do, I can't control. So if you fall into knowing your insecurities are there, right? Mm-hmm. Step one. Step two, embrace. So kind of like if I'm, I'm picturing my insecurities as a giant ball pit. I don't know why. It's just my child thing. Uh, but just like a giant ball pit of insecurities, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of falling into that ball pit on purpose and then letting your parent function, the adult in you, pull you out of that is the best option. Yeah. It, and also the your critic function should be there. Your responsibility and your wisdom, both there. Combined. Yeah. So just And your, your inferior function, when it's aspirational, again, what we talked about before was that you have to be able to understand that no one owes you anything, right? It's bringing in that humility. So your demon function is the apex of your superego, right? It's the very top of your superego. And whenever you're inside of your superego, that is the main function that takes over is the demon. And so it, the superego is kind of like this. When, whenever you're inside of your superego, it's the last resort, right? Because it's the instincts. And so you look for your subconscious. It fails. It can't find, it can't figure out a way to solve something. You look towards your unconscious fails can't figure out something so then you go to your super ego and it's like the self-destruct button it's like just destroy everything that's basically what your super ego does and and so extroverted feeling you want to just destroy people's emotions essentially weaponize them and and not care about them you know you relish in the fact sometimes that someone is feeling sad or mad but that's the most important thing to note about the demon function is that you because it's so powerful you know what they're feeling in that moment that's the only time really that you think about their emotions so i can almost weapon i can now weaponize it because that sounds bad but like bring it harness, to your side ha- yeah harness the powers of the demon function like I said, every gateway function can be turned into a new one. And yours, you can turn your demon into the angel. And you can... Can everybody do that? Yes, anybody can do this. Nice. My demon is introverted feeling. Meaning that, you know, most people, they get mad, but they don't get furious. I am either zero or 100. There's no in-between. <laughs> That's... That's I've seen it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. That's basically what the what introverted feeling demon is like. Is that while I may not be emotional at all for the most part, when I am emotional, it's jumped up all the way to a hundred. Um and so I can I can use that. 
I can turn that into from the demon into the angel. And you can do the same thing. So whenever you are feeling insecure, instead of looking to the demon and being like, hey, you need to exterminate other people's feelings for me to feel good, you have to look towards the angel being able to understand other people's feelings, taking your nemesis function, right? Because this is still inside of the unconscious, yeah. right? Taking that process. That's what it's all about, the process. Thinking about why. Why is this person feeling this way? Why is this person doing this? Why Why did this person tell me that I'm bad? You know, may, do they have a point? Is it, is it actually my fault? Should I be feeling this way? If so, why? Everything goes back on top of what we have said so far, especially with the demon function. Nice. Because you need to be able to develop that nemesis function to be able to get towards your demon. You need to be able to figure out the process. I would I would say I'm a bad person, but then that would just be giving in to my problems. So I'm not going to say I'm a bad person. I'm going to look at it from the objective lens that everyone has issues like this. Yeah. No one's perfect and just need to accept that. Humility. Better myself. Yeah. But bringing in that humility is important. Did I do something to piss you off? Is this why you did this episode? No. Ah, dang. <laughs> I'm joking. Well, I, I've just been thinking more about it lately. Sure. So that's the reason why. But Me specifically or just others in general? Um, Myself and others. Okay. I, because I learned the very foundation of this and then I thought, right? Because my hero function is introverted thinking, the process. So once I knew all these things, then I was like, okay, why? What should I do with it? Expanding upon your knowledge. And and so that's where I figured out where the pride comes in, where how, how the different functions interact with each other. Beautiful. And but but anyway, what what's definitely important to note is that you need to develop that nemesis function in order to take control of your critic function and be more wise, you need to understand the process behind how to compensate for your trickster function, your memory. You need to be able to understand the process behind other people's emotions and why they're doing certain things. Because that that's really the thing is that you feel like a bad person only from other people, only from interacting with others. Right. I, I won't feel like a bad person just sitting in my room doing nothing. Yeah. And so being able to understand people's emotions will be able to actually control your insecurities. Because your inferior function, when it's feeling bad, it'll be able to look up to the angel, not down towards the demon. And you'll be able to have that conversation with yourself of, should I be feeling this feeling? If so, why? And then you are able to think it out. 
and you are able to lift out of that like at that moment you're walking down the wide tunnel into your subconscious into the the fear the um the insecurities right and so you you need the inferior function to look towards the angel and be like how are they feeling why are they feeling this how can i be better how can i act in a certain way to make sure that they don't feel this way or should they feel this way and then your inferior function will start walking back out of that wide tall fast tunnel and instead go into the narrow path the longer path the better path towards happiness so i I would say um the entj in me right now wants Mm -hmm. to say that you know we've already touched on personalities this might be you know a redundant episode it might be a bad episode or it might be a good episode i'm not sure but usually i'll figure that out after i listen back to it but i either way in this moment right now i do not care this just this specific moment i don't care about how entertaining this episode is because for me and the personal growth and help that eddie is giving me right now is is more valuable than the experience that i want to give others listening to it and if you enjoyed it that's great you do you but if you didn't i really don't care right now it's one of those episodes where like it's just a nice little therapy session yeah it's great work thank you eddie but it's good for the other people as well because they get to take away both what they should do and as an example so for everyone they have a problem with their inferior function it's where their insecurity comes from their pride can sometimes come in or they can give into the insecurity they either are very insecure or they cover that up and then have a problem with the consequences after yeah the consequences after making the deal with the demon and so uh, and everyone has a problem with their nemesis function right everyone needs to incorporate their nemesis function in order to be able to fully use their unconscious and um if you hear squeaking in the background that's the that's... fucking dog with his chew toys going ham <laughs> yeah sorry sorry we're going we're going to try and wrap this episode up um everyone needs to develop their critic function to be able to find the wisdom everyone needs the parent function to be able to for the responsibility you know this doesn't apply to just jacob or just me this applies to every single person on this planet and it it's very important to note um and that's the reason why we're doing this episode not just for jacob or just for me but also for everyone listening Uh, you should find your personality type um make sure that you don't go through 16 personalities.com because that is they don't actually type you on cognitive functions they type you on a thing called the big five personality traits. And then they they kind of convert that into what it would be in 16 personalities. And it's not very accurate. So. Don't worry. Eventually, we're going to have a video, very long, in-depth video, 
We're currently working on getting our first video out there. Um, just a basic overview of all the personality types, uh, some celebrity examples. It's really nice, a, a quite little video. I watched it. It's in production. We literally just have to make a thumbnail and upload it and make sure everything's nice and juicy. Yeah. But besides that, I think one of our next video, well, Eddie's next project, because we do separate projects, and I'm slacking. Eddie's been really powering out projects. But I think Eddie's next big project, correct me if I'm wrong, is going to be like a video on how to type yourself. Yeah. And what personality type you really are. It's going to be really confusing, but it's also going to be really cool if we do this right. Um, we're going to have like, if you said, uh, you know, if if you said that you do think about more of the what if than what is, then you're going to skip to this part of the video. Yeah. And then if you did this to this, skip to this part of the video. If you've answered these questions, then you are, you know, whatever. It's going to be really nice. It's going to be really cool. I'm really excited for what we're doing with this whole project that we have. If you really like uh, modern narrative, writing the narrative, all of that, please think about subscribing, following. Um, this is going to be a community. We're going to grow this community. We're going to harvest our skills and we're going to spread our knowledge our entertainment for the world and really it's going to be i think there's plenty of like-minded individuals like us eddie yeah i think so too and so we have some cool topics out there um i know some ideas floating around are uh i i have a video coming about him but elon musk i really love elon but really is he a good or bad person and let's go over a brief history you know stuff like that whatever you know fi we find interesting at the time for now eddie's really into personality stuff so a lot of eddie's videos are going to be about you know personalities um uh, maybe we'll branch out of our comfort zone and do other stuff. We're not sure yet, but if you would like to support us and if you like us, please follow on all social media platforms. We don't have any. <laughs> so YouTube and any podcasting site that we are also on would be greatly appreciated. Um, that's pretty much it for today. Yeah. Uh, this has been Writing the Narrative. I'm Jake. And I'm Eddie. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Have a lovely day.